I'm Kieran. And I'm Eve. This is Kitchen Table Cult. Where two quiverful escapees talk about our experiences in the cultish underbelly of the religious right. Um, I think another issue that maybe hasn't been discussed is when you get, when you come away from a cult, you have to find a balance in your life as far as getting involved with fighting the cult or exposing it. And kind of the other angle is getting a sense of yourself and what was it that um, made you get into that group and, and what's, what open questions are there that still need to be answered. And I think I'm really trying, I'm struggling with a balance between that. I want to expose Lifespring. I want to keep other people from going through that experience. But I also uh, don't want to go overboard in that regard so that I'm not, uh, so that I can reconnect with my own needs in, in a spiritual way, which I still haven't done. I still have so many questions and I still have so many um, things that I want to talk to about with other people and, and find people who believe as I do and who are searching as I do. And so all those things that got me to Lifespring are still there. And I guess I struggle with not going overboard and fighting the cults, but I know that's important too. Thank you, that was great. I just wanted to say that one, one comment was that when, when, as you were saying, when former members come out, Part, part of you wants to help others, but part of you needs to take care of yourself. So that's a clip from Steve Hassan, um, who's a guy on Twitter. His handle is cult expert. And yeah, uh, that's Jenny Thomas talking. Yeah. I kind of agree what? with her. Like, <laughs> right. Like, uh, uh, like here, like here, like, yeah, like, Hello, we are here doing what we are doing. <laughs> right. Like, yeah, that leaving a cult, it'll, it'll fuck you up. That's, you know, part of the process of actually leaving a cult is finding yourself again after the cult destroyed you. Or an abusive relationship or a toxic family structure. I mean, all of it's just like basic attachment theory stuff where it's like you have to understand how you got here to like be able to like stop being this exactly. way. Like, and if you focus so much on the looking back and trying to like keep people from doing what you did or like deconstructing where you came from, you're definitely going to slow yourself down. There's a reason we started this podcast after being out for like a decade. Right. <laughs> yeah. Earlier. You need you need time to process and heal and like be able to have retrospect to contextualize what the fuck just happened to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I you know, coping. <laughs> there's no rush in like getting you know, getting justice on someone or an org. Like, like, they also exist in a community. They are also adults. They are also, like, making choices. And you can't control that. You mm -hmm. can't prevent that. And, like, all you can control is yourself. Like, yeah. and I know that's not, like, what people want to hear. But, like, to a certain extent, like, yeah, you can, you can work to affect change. 
and that's good and important. But if you're doing that from the same space of like panic and grief that you were, that got you there in the first place, like it's not going to, it's not going to end well. No, no, you will, you will spiral and find yourself in the same situation again and again and again, because you haven't been able to like come back to a place of normalcy and you're just reacting instead of like acting from a, like my therapist likes to call it from like the self from the most centered you, which mm-hmm. is important when you're doing activism work is, is to be able to get to that place instead of just constantly being like in fight or flight. Yeah. If you're constantly analyzing, constantly like looking at yourself to find the thing that went wrong, you're not letting yourself go get out of fight or flight mode. So you like, in order to like move forward, you need to set yourself up in a, like a space where you don't have to be reactionary. You can take your time and you can just like be in a routine and like live. Mm-hmm. Just like make your life as boring as possible for like a two two year period. Yeah, it works wonders because then your brain calms down and it's not fire anymore all the time. So yeah. maybe sometimes it's not fire stuff, so. but like. But there's breaks. You can leave you the can, fire room. And then you have perspective. And then you can analyze in the actually useful ways instead of just like constant crisis mode. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, what the fuck are we talking about? Why are we here? <laughs> so uh, I don't know. Like, I'm, Time is all weird here in Germany. So I like see stuff kind of before the U.S. does and then the U.S. catches up. But apparently Ginny Thomas was, you know, part of the uprising and insurrection and trying to overturn the election. We found that out with like her text to Meadows. Mark Mark Meadows, yeah. Mark Meadows, yeah. And uh, one of the things that came out recently was that she was part of this cult called Lifespring. And something that I noticed was people were like, oh, wow, she was in this cult before. No wonder she was part of the cult of Trump. And I'm like, "Mm, (laughs) kind (laughs) of. I would like to sit you down and tell you a few things. (laughs) Let's go back. Let's talk about this. But then I I fell down. I was like doing research on this because I was like, oh, that's intriguing. What what is this about? And so I fell down a like two hour rabbit hole about life spring. And I don't know what the fuck was going on in like this these seventies and eighties. I was teaching class and getting all of these texts from Karen. Uh, like I was I was prepared. This is going to be a multi. Uh, part thing because life spring on its own is just so much to there's so much there's so much to it it's baffling I mean it's not really baffling it's just we're just like gonna have a full bingo card for all of our soapboxes by the time we finish the first episode I think this is gonna be a three part series yeah. Just by sheer necessity. Like Yeah. Yeah, as a teaser, there's Life Spring, which we'll we'll get into today because that's a whole can of worms. There's uh Ginny Thomas's mom was part of Eagle Forum and they were both both Ginny and 
uh, Clarence were recognized by Ego Farm and our friends of none other than Phyllis Schlafly, which took us all 10 minutes to say. And then there's Ginny Thomas's <laughs> whole activism stuff that brought us to this conversation in the first place. So that's at least three episodes worth because there's a lot. There's a lot to get into. Yeah. And like we just say there's so much like I like there's just it's just one of those ones where it's like is this is this an essay or a book right (laughs) (laughs) situations (laughs) I'm just sitting here being like oh god it keeps going and it keeps going and yeah okay let's let's like dial this back a little bit first are you familiar with est only in that I saw it referenced as like kind of the precursor slash thing that like started Life Spring. Okay. Um, did you ever watch The Americans? No. Also, Farid's Zoomies behind. Yeah, you. they're they ate and now they have Zooms. I fed them so they wouldn't meow at me this whole time, but now they're just running. <laughs> Chewy, please sponsor us. Thank you. <laughs> Chewy, you are the only sponsor we would actively consider right now please yeah like okay so if you if if our listeners have watched the americans you like watch the husband go through est and like his family like lose their minds over the fact that he's in a cult and it's not like that he's actually in a cult but it's it's interesting to see this man who's been like had to silo all of his grief over losing his girlfriend back in Russia before he went and became a spy um, and all these other, you know, f- you know, primary attachment traumas that he's never had to, like been able to address because he has to play this part as a sleeper agent. And he's able to talk about his experiences and his feelings in abstraction in a way that makes it safe for him to like actually process them, but not expose himself. And it's really interesting. And it was like, us is not that unusual. Like it's part of human potential movement um, in the sixties. And, and they, you know, it's, it's the kind of stuff like all of their teaching and thoughts come from like, if you're ever heard, like, I'm I'm gonna make a hack of it, but like the 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 generic quotations about like humans on an average day only use like two percent of their brain space or oh, potential, yeah. like all of that comes from the human potential movement, where it's like we like if we can like lock down all these basic needs and stuff, we can like actually access that part of our brains and like become what we were meant to be. And it's very uh, like there's so many sketchy, like touch points along the edge of it. But it's like, this, like this could follow you right into eugenicist stuff. Mm -hmm. This could fall straight into like, you know, I mean, I guess eugenicist is a umbrella catch all for the, the racism and the ableism. That's a, you know, the center here, but it's all this stuff where it's like, you know, we can, we can do anything if we just like 
decide we're going to do it. Right. Willpower. Human determinism, you know, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Just try harder. Do hard things. Oh, wait. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. All of this human potential stuff, like, there's, there's seeds of it through, like, all over, like, toxic positivity Instagram and all of these things where it's like, what could you do if you knew that you could not fail? Like, mm-hmm. you know, that line that was popularized years ago and like has resurfaced as like a through line in the dropout, the Hulu show, Elizabeth Holmes, like being one of her things, like hey, yeah. on some level, there's some truth there. We'll talk about that. Yeah. But there's also like the reality of like structures of oppression. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's extremely white <laughs> to just like assume that like everybody could just like be fine if they just like tried hard enough. Right. Everything is a choice, which is, uh, part of what was so interesting reading about the life spring cold was yeah how, so like, you want to yeah okay what 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 is life spring uh so life spring is part of like this uh kind of self awareness movement thing in the 70s it's 80s kind of, it's kind of like a step sibling to est yeah yeah like est was sort of like the idea and the person who Started LifeSpring, like, was one of the EST trainees people who, like, did it and then was like, we should go one step further. And that further step was torture. (laughs) It was locking people in a room for upwards of 10 hours where they couldn't leave even to go to the bathroom unless they were given permission, told to submit fully to the staff, and just told things not allowed to take notes not allowed to talk to anybody like and you wonder why we call cults high control groups (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) yeah okay so so as we're reading through these articles from the 80s describing it and like describing the lawsuits about it like there's some things about it that i think are very interesting in that they they tap into some very like base level primal things about being a human that work mm-hmm. very effectively and aren't necessarily bad. But so like the thing of like, you can get a whole lot more done if you just like surrender to a process. Like you can, you can definitely push yourself further if you believe in a cause that's greater than you. Yeah. <laughs> this is known you are more likely to do things that you are not comfortable with or that don't feel natural to you if you're in a group of people and you feel some sort of like fight or flight trauma level bond Mm -hmm. trauma bond (laughs) does not mean that you both bonded because you have trauma it means that you bonded in a trauma yeah 
so there's some sort of like, there's like some emotional rupture that's been created in everyone at the same time. And you're in this group and then you're, you're being pushed to do the next thing and just keep going out of that and out of that rupture. You do have these opportunities for massive, like out of character moments. And that can be good. Like that can, that can push you to, to, you know, do things that are heroic or, you know, revolutionary personally or like you know you can leave an abusive marriage and like Mm -hmm. get your kids out of a cult or like decide that you're gonna like come out and like start over like there's all sorts of moments where this like is good it can't be effective it's just a thing that this is like you know break glass in case of emergency thing in our brains and then there's the part where like public shaming is effective and really works. Mm-hmm. We're so communal. We're so communal. Yeah. Um, I'm like, shame does work. Like, why else do we think that like fucking Biden's extended the like student loan reprieve until August? Mm-hmm. <laughs> public shaming does work, but only to an extent where you believe that you like have an obligation to the group that's shaming you. And so by starting these trainings with the promise situation, which I'd like you to describe, I think it sets you up for, for that moment really well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, the whole like way at life spring is described and kind of like, marketed to people is like this will change your life you will have a like personal revolution you will be able to do whatever i can't explain it you just have to experience it like you just have to go to the thing trust the process trust the process and your life will be changed forever because you will go through this life-changing experience, which is actually very familiar to me. (laughs) Like on one hand, yeah, trust the process is effective for like moving you from point A to point B. This is kind of why I was talking about like taking some time earlier to like not be analytical. Mm -hmm. Like there is some effectiveness that can be achieved that way. And also. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Context is important. Like it's one thing when you are choosing that of your own free will. And it's another thing entirely when you're in a situation that is coercive. I kept thinking about kink and negotiating a scene while I was reading that section. I mean, like you, you like surrender and like trusting the process and like going through something painful for the euphoria at the end is something that humans like to do. And it is best done in situations where you negotiate the parameters of it at the start and then you commit to it. And Mm -hmm. the, there's a difference between going into something and being told, I can't describe it. Just trust us. And then once you sign up for it and you, once you're committed, then we tell you the rules of the game, which is what Lifespring does versus the like, we don't start shit until we've negotiated all the possible ways the scene could mm-hmm. go and like what you want 
to get out of it and what you don't want to get out of it and how you want to feel and how you don't want to feel like this is how like this is how consent is like an ongoing negotiation and lifespring just takes the negotiation part out of it yeah well and like you sign up for something you don't even know what it is like that's not truly consent and it's like a whole that's week. not informed it's at like all. a whole week mm-hmm. and like you get in yeah. and like day and it's like non-refundable and day one I, they changed that later but like guess the start it wasn't and day one like it's felt like from the descriptions that like the first half of the first day was all just going through the rules mm-hmm. and then if people couldn't keep the rules telling them you broke your word. Your word is worthless. Get out of here. Yep. Like you signed up for this. Why would you break your word to us? So like, I'm sorry. I didn't know what I was signing up for. So how could I like, <laughs> I didn't commit to this in an informed way. Yeah. Well, there was one instance reported where someone like had to take their medications at a certain time and was asking about when meals were and they wouldn't, tell them and like that like because that was like they were breaking the rule because they needed to know when they needed to like plan to take their medication and shit like this is why they ended up getting sued a billion times over for Mm -hmm. torture and death Yeah. (laughs) yeah but we haven't even gotten there yet we haven't even gotten there that's coming up because holy shit I mean, holy shit on a like normal person level. And also like, yeah, this is just another Wednesday on a like even Kieran reading about cults kind of level. Right. Well, and I mean, the the thing that kind of struck me and didn't strike me about it was just sort of how a lot of churches that I went to kind of did really similar shit. Yeah. No, I was like, this sounds like youth group. (laughs) Like. Yeah, like, this sounds like the revival things that happened and, like, the, like, Mm -hmm. special events and stuff that Mm -hmm. would happen at church and the conferences that you'd go to. Like, you're stuck there for hours. You don't get, you get, like, snacks. And, like, if you have to leave or whatever, then people frown at you. And like I remember having a... a I have this one friend who um, went to Oral Roberts University in Oklahoma, in Oklahoma, ORU, and at ORU, it's one of the more charismatic Fundy universities. Mm-hmm. So they would have revivals on campus, and like it was mandatory to go, kind of like mandatory chapel at other schools. And they would like get you in there for like a chapel, and then you'd be like, "Surprise! This is a." revival service and like we've locked the doors and you can't leave till tomorrow (laughs) like yep that kind of shit is really abusive like it's one thing Mm -hmm. to be like okay i'm planning to go on a 10-day silent meditation retreat and my entire universe knows that like i'm doing this thing and i will be off the grid and like i don't exist and like i'm committing to this in advance and like planning for it and I know what it entails and they've told me the rules in it ahead of time so I can prep for it and like I'm mentally and it's like logistically equipped to handle this versus like right 
surprise, you can't leave because we said so. And you're a bad person if you don't let us keep doing what we said we're, what we're going to do. And mm-hmm. Yeah, being trapped in a room is not not okay. And people wonder why I have commitment issues. agreed to it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not really. But um, I actually don't have commitment issues on that level. <laughs> but uh but like seriously like yeah this is this is part of why it's like having been in situations like that where you like are trapped and can't leave and like that feeling that you you're trapped and can't leave in other regards of life is so triggering now. Like yep. You know the whole like oh no I'm never getting married again thing that I've done and said and still stand by like largely like I could leave I did leave it was a lot I don't want to have to do that again so I'm not going to go there again and uh Mm -hmm. it's like I'm I'm just not going to go to chapel services anymore because I don't want to just show up one day and be locked in for 24 hours yeah completely reasonable (laughs) same thing except not yeah yeah. And so then they lock you in the room and they give you the rules. And if you don't follow them, then they berate you. And then uh, you have some like icebreaker exercises. And the next day you come back and it's basically the week is this back and forth of like being berated while held hostage, and then being love bombed while held hostage, and then being forced into like emotional intimacy with people while using music that like stimulates those feelings yeah if you've ever been to like <laughs> like are you which also reminds me of church <laughs> i'm like yeah summer grace ministry is like they're like the kids i knew who would end up on the worship team if they played piano would like get this like lecture or this like series of lessons about how to play this the synth in the right chord progression to keep people like emotionally amped up for the duration of mm-hmm. the exhortation that was being spontaneously delivered by the pastor. Like, yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. So I'm, I'm going to read from the GQ article. This is all linked in the short show notes. Meanwhile, the staff played sappy songs by Cat Stevens and Whitney Houston at very loud volume to rock as weepy. They frequently did this frequently to stoke our emotions. And on top of it all, Aunt Lydia would shout, who promised to love you? Who promised to keep you safe? Maybe you were abused as a child. Maybe you were sexually abused. Who broke their promise to you? Keep digging. Slowly but surely, young women bawled. Old men rocked in place. A personal trainer pounded the floor with clenched fists. Yep. Sounds like a Sunday morning I've been growing up in. <laughs> and I'm like, I remember those services where people were wailing and speaking in tongues and music was playing to like keep that going. And I felt really bad about not speaking in tongues. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, I was like, am I'm I a bad, bad person? person? Cause, Cause, Cause I'm not getting wrapped up into it. Yeah. 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 And I, I, yeah. I think that it's not a coincidence that like, this was popular and us was popular, especially on the West coast. And, and like the Jesus movement popped up around the same time. Like, I mm-hmm. do think that there's something to be said for like what was going on historically in the sixties and seventies and like how like this kind of connection was 
deeply craved by a generation and like just the number of cults that popped up, like pretty intense. So many, so many. It just, it, I think that they, that like the, the fact that like this was something that was being craved is very real and it's not a coincidence that these things were popping up around the same time as each other. And that like what we got out of felt so similar to what is being described there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and like, that's kind of the thing too, that I think a lot of people maybe don't necessarily understand about cults is like, they fill a very, not even just cults, but like, you know, high control, high demand groups, churches, like any kind of intense community, really, like it fills a very real and very specific need for community that is very valid. And it feels very intense. So you like stay there because you're like, oh, this is super important, obviously, because I'm getting all of this feedback and all this information. And like, I mean, it's, that's normal. That's yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's it's similar to like that friend who gets really catty and bitchy if you're not constantly available to them all the time. Like, mm-hmm. but also it feels good to be needed and also to know that somebody will like act weird and raise the alarm if you don't come home safely at night. Like, yeah, we like this. This is a human need. There are ways to do this that are like more boundaried and healthy and like ways to create systems that give you the same, meet those same needs without, you know, total loss of control and autonomy. But like, it's normal. Everyone's susceptible to this. Like anyone who's like, oh my God, how could someone as smart as you get into a cult? I'm like, fuck you. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't have anything to do with that. Like it's, if you find yourself in a cult. Fuck you with your fucking ableism. Exactly. Like it's not, you. it has nothing to do with being you smart. You too. You too. Probably. You'll yeah. end up in a cult at some point. If you are vulnerable enough. It's, yeah. It's, it's a, it meets a human need. It's not weird. I mean, I feel like it's weird when people haven't been in cults, honestly. I'm like, so you're you're very dissociated from your own base needs. Hmm. No, um, but like, <laughs> how do you have friends? Uh, yeah. It's, it, I'm not saying that it's, I'm actually judging people who haven't been in a high demand group or whatever, but like, seriously, no one's better than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't judge people who've had cult experiences. It's not weird. (laughs) You're not better than them. Yeah, it's... The Life Spring stuff is just... It's interesting because the, the, like, the barrage and intensity of it, like, it has these... I mean, when I think about writing a story or an essay. I think about like, you want to like amplify the tension and then you want to give a little release and then you want to amplify the tension and give, I mean, it's like the pattern of equatorial or vaginal orgasm as a, as a, you just like, yeah, (laughs) that's how, that's how we (laughs) respond. Like we respond well to that pattern of like tension build up and release. And, um, Mm -hmm this is like, again, just like kind of a like 
human level body relating sensation, kind of like how English speaking patterns tend to like mimic the human heartbeat. Like it's just like shit like this just works on a like tactile and body level, somatic level. And so if you have that kind of extended experience of like you're in a situation for a week and you're having that tension and that release built up and over and over again, where you have these intense questions and these intense confrontations and then the, the soothing music to bring you down and the love bombing and the group hugs, mm-hmm. um, which you should, you should read the group group. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's so bad. Yeah. It's but also like it's not that unusual. While you're finding this, I'm just thinking about like you know, watching you know, reality TV dating shows, like it's that same kind of pattern of just like we're putting you all in a room, we're giving you all the same high stakes. We're like stripping you of your outside tools and forcing you to be vulnerable in these ways that are super uncomfortable. And we're going to like amp up the stakes and then we're going to let you relax. And then we're going to amp up the stakes and let you relax. Yeah. Uh, okay. I found it. Um, anyway. Um, so this is- trust the process, <laughs> this journey that we've been on. Yeah. So this is from the Washington Post article in 1987. That was a really good, long article that took me forever to read about LifeSpring. Definitely shaved years off of my life. Oh, it was... This article is why this is a multi-part series. Okay. So I'm going to start off with a little bit of... Of context before I get into where it describes the the group group, so it it begins this section. I can't keep a straight face. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> On Sunday, trainees are told to bring fine clothes for the graduation ceremony. In the afternoon, after a break for everyone to change. The room we fills with women in party gowns, men in suits, and funky dance getups. The ceremony is a secret. Jim has said only that we ought to invite as many people as we care about, which like, sidebar. That does not seem like it's a secret to me. <laughs> but anyway. With the end only a few hours away, the group is ever more sentimental. Jim asks each group to stand together. This is what LifeSpring calls the group grope. Sorry, I need a second. I literally, when I read this the first time, I just stared at my screen for like five minutes trying to process what the fuck I just read. So please take this minute to prepare yourself. Sorry, I just We're calling this episode The Group Grove. Yeah. Listening. Okay. This is what LifeSpring calls the group group. A long, warm squeeze that starts with circles of nine people holding each other, rocking back and forth. The group slowly expands as the trainees form one massive, undulating mega hug. So there's another paragraph earlier in this story, in the article that describes 
lines of hugs yes. where you actually can negotiate the level of it. of like intimacy you had. Yeah, so you intimacy. like hold it. It's like it's like have you seen those uh, like TikTok videos of like the kids choosing how they want to greet the teacher by like tapping the like the choice on the wall where it's like high five, like dance, hug handshake like it's like that so like you one finger is like i don't trust you we're not doing anything (laughs) we're just gonna Mm -hmm. move on two is like i sort of trust you i guess it's like a handshake or something three is something intermediary and four is the life spring hug which i'll let you i'll let you read the graph yeah so for context for the group group just so you can envision the group group as uh, vividly as I did. The lights dim and Jim moves everyone to sides of the room and stands in the center to demonstrate the life spring hug. It is a body to body, pee pee to pee pee, belly button to belly button hug, he says, leaning into a trainee, embracing him with a warm, long, soft, close hold. So please imagine the group grope with this context. (laughs) And you wonder why I was thinking about negotiating kink scenes. It's so. I'm just like, y'all. You can, there are other ways to get this done. You can go to a dungeon. You can get a fuck buddy. Like, (laughs) there's so many less problem like in fact i have no problem with the like cuddle group cuddle sessions yeah this is weird yeah like in the right contexts fine this is but not being, the right context. Being forced to physically embrace in this like intense and intimate and public way the person who is holding you hostage and abusing you. Oh wait, that's just a purity culture wedding ceremony. Never mind. Yeah. Yep. Just fuck. Yep. <laughs> yeah, this whole thing was just like it, I just, it's so familiar and I'm like, Oh, okay. So now I understand where assemblies of God and all these other churches got their like kind of revival right. Uh, right. method from it was. It was and so there's this, there's this whole piece later on in that same article that like explains Jenny Thomas's connection to this. So this article's from 1987 so she was still um, a young thing. Cannot leave her mother. Mm-hmm. No, I'm kidding. Um, and it reads, Virginia Thomas, a lobbyist for the U.S. Chamber of Commerce. And this is kind of in, in the, she's one of a cluster of people they are describing who have left and why. A lobbyist, lobbyist for the U.S. Chamber of Commerce took life spring a couple years ago when she was a congressional aide. She was confused and troubled by exercises such as one in which trainees listened to, quote, the stripper, unquote, while disrobing to skimpy bikinis and bathing suits. 
The group then stood in a U-shaped line, made fun of fat people's bodies, and riddled one another with sexual questions. After talks with Garvey, Thomas decided that she had been taken in. It took her months to break fully from Life Springs' high-pressure tactics. I had intellectually and emotionally gotten myself so wrapped up in this group that I was moving away from my family and friends and the people I work with. My best friend came to visit me, and I was preaching at her using that tough attitude they teach you. Thomas felt guilty about breaking her life spring commitments. She hid out in another part of the country to avoid constant phone calls from fellow trainees who were taught that it was their responsibility to make Thomas keep her commitment to life spring. This is a complete sidebar. Do you want to know something really interesting about Germany? Sure. It's somewhat related. So in Germany, if you're part of a church, you have to pay a church tax. Like, it like it's just automatically taken out of your paycheck and in order to leave the church you have to fill out this form of course and you have to take it in person to the government entity and pay them 30 euros and as part of that process they tell you that your church will be in contact with you and one of my friends did this and got a bright letter from the church that was like you are an evil terrible sinner and we will be calling you I mean, like, and that's just leaving the church in Germany. <laughs> well, the like government involvement aside, this sounds like leaving the Presbyterian church in Richmond. A lot of my friends grew up in and yeah. by church and Presbyterian, I mean, Presbyterian adjacent cult. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Letters for years. <laughs> um, yep. I feel like if my parents hadn't been like kicked out of churches, they would have gotten phone calls and stuff. <laughs> you know what this reminds me of? This reminds me of like, you know, in the, the Episcopal wedding ceremony, there's this like kind of clarification of the vows and the witnesses of the vows that makes it so that you realize that like you as a community are vowing to uphold the vows or help the couple uphold their vows. Mm-hmm. So like, this is something they do in the baptism ceremony too, as part of that liturgy. But like, you know, the entire congregation there is like, gets up and says, we will in terms of like, will you help this couple like keep these promises? And mm-hmm. so one of my friends who was in the wedding, like, and you know who this is, so, but I'm not going to say, he just like called me up <laughs> after my husband was like, we're done. I want a divorce. And I like had no choice in the situation and was like berating me for letting this happen. And I was like, you don't understand. I didn't have a choice here. Like, and he was just like, well, you let it happen. So of course you had a choice. And like, just like, you know, and my obligation is you know, I swore before God that day and I have to keep my vow. So like, I am like helping you keep your vow by ke- to keep my vow. And I just, no, no. And like Virginia's right to be uncomfortable in that situation. Also kind of weird that she was uncomfortable with that, but she's still married justice Thomas, but okay. <laughs> questions. You do, so you many boo? questions. So many questions. Um, I don't see a big difference from between participating in one and participating in the other, but I'm sure she does. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it just, it reminded me of that. And that like, that was like, that was really upsetting. I was like, cool. I've just lost a friend. 
because they're mm-hmm. putting this like principle over the like reality of my circumstances and my situation. And that's kind of like what this whole yes. thing is about is just like that absolutism. We cannot allow you to break your word because it's that is more important than like what your actual needs are. Yep. Yeah. And that's exactly how, how life spring keeps its people or, or kept most of its people was through that kind of peer pressure. And like, if you leave, you're, you're not allowed to leave or you lose everyone, which is, you know, classic cult Mm -hmm. leaving bullshit. Like you, you lose your entire support network that you bonded through being abused. uh, That whole like abusers isolate thing. Like what she is describing there, that like, that like relational attrition that came apart because she was so obsessed with this group. Like, that's what they mean. I, abusers don't have yep. to like move you across the country away from your friends and family. It can just be like, you're so invested in maintaining this relationship and it requires such a high level of your attention that you have no time for anything else. And so everything else is just yep. like withering because you're not feeding it. Like that is what yep. that looks like. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not, <laughs> you you can be the one doing this and making this happen. It's, it's not like it's being actively taken from you all right. the time. Which like goes into their whole, like one of the things that life spring was doing was like pushing back on victim narratives and just like you have control over things. And like, yeah, you have a choice in terms of like how you, how you react and, and within certain parameters of what resources are available to you or not. Like, yeah, you do have a certain choice about things. Mm-hmm. Hmm. But like, it, again, with the like abuse victim stuff, like I, there's, there's a both and there of like, yes, you were, you were gaslit and manipulated and you didn't know what you were doing and you weren't able to see and have the perspective needed to anticipate that this was what was happening and you were actively participating in your own isolation and abuse, mm-hmm. but it's also not your fault. Like both can be true. Yeah. And life spring just like elides mm-hmm. that, just that different like delineation and is like, and so what the fuck is your problem, man? <laughs> yep. Yeah. And that was like, that was a hard thing for me to kind of get through in my own processing because my parents were also very victim blaming. It was like, well, everything is your fault if it doesn't like, I mean, that's just being a good American. Whatever. Right. Yeah. Like I was definitely like, it was definitely my fault that I was uh, parentified as a child and I should have done X, Y, and Z. And it's my fault that I didn't learn math because I should have done whatever, like found myself a tutor with no contacts or Or resources because I was 14 (laughs) years old or money or anything like, you know, and even like this kind of goes back pretty far, but like the thing that my parents disowned me over was I wrote a blog post where I took responsibility for my own educational neglect and deprivation. And it was like, you know, I didn't learn these things, but I should have tried harder. But like, it's okay if parents hire a tutor or send their kids to school because they can't teach a subject. And my parents were like, no, you're bad. And I was like, I like you, 
we, we, you can't talk to us until you apologize. And I'm like, I said nothing bad here. Spoiler alert. <laughs> the problem wasn't Karen. <laughs> mm. But according to LifeSpring, all my fault. And my parents you, also. Like that man, that, like that man who drowned in the river, two should just right. go out and swim because you'll just figure it out. Yeah, that, that asthma attack is totally something that is just in my head. My chronic pain is totally something that is in my head, which also, complete sidebar, the coolest thing about going through the chronic pain class at, at Kaiser is all of the doctors that had a PTA doctor and a psychologist, and they were like, yes, the pain is in your head because that's where pain lives. It doesn't <laughs> mean it's not real. It means this it is, is very real. Pain. It yeah, exists. It is in, in your head. That is the point. So good. I'm like, oh, okay. Now anytime anyone is like, oh, is it just in my head? I'm just like, yeah. Also, like your head is not something that is like a like disembodied thing floating above your, your body. It is part of your body. It is as it turns out. I think you have a neck. And it it, it does it does not look severed from where I'm sitting. <laughs> As much as I would love to just be a floating head, alas, there is like limbs and everything else. Spoiler alert number two. If you feel that way very intensely, you too might be a trans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay, anyway, um, moving on. Um, if you have questions about that, hit us up later. <laughs> we are available in the DMs. Okay, I have like a tiny little rant I would like to go on. And then I would also like to talk about our news because we can share it now. Yes. So, yes. okay. I, my rant is about parasocial stuff. Okay. Yes. Um, I just want to like clarify, like there's something that happened last week that I haven't finished resolving yet, but like I'm going to, I had a lot going on. <laughs> You're busy. I'm what? working two jobs. And also, like, planning a kitchen remodel <laughs> and also, like, feeding a whole household and, like, making sure that these dogs don't, like, eat something they're not supposed to in the yard. You can't imagine why you have – why you're so busy. No, I no, I just have so much time. No. I am happy to answer questions and to be available to talk to people who come from our backgrounds. But I do not always have spoons for it. And so checking in with me before you jump is really important. Also, I don't know you. You listen to us – talk, you read my stuff, you see my Twitter, and you feel like you have like an, an intimate relationship with me. And that's fine. This is like one of the ways we learn and that's okay. And I'm making myself available and accessible this way. But that does not mean that I have that same kind of trust built with you. And so if you want to talk to me about something, I am interested in, in doing that. But like, you have to come at it with the like understanding that you're coming out of nowhere for me and I need to get to know you <laughs> and I need to like make time and brain space for it. And like, it's going to be a little bit of a process. You can't just jump in and dump. Um, and yeah. like, I love you all, but like, please just like think about it <laughs> from the other side. Anyway, I, that's, that's not a reprimand, but that's just a like perspective check. Yeah, I mean, it's something that, like, it happens because that's how 
being on the internet and stuff works, but like, it's always, always good and nice to check in first and be like, again, can I talk to you? Negotiating consent is important. (laughs) That's it. Yeah. Cause that's just, it is, it gets, I love it. I love, I love hearing from people and I love when people share their stories and I really do appreciate it, but I also don't always have like spoons. So <laughs> I like send me the email I and, and like, I'll just read it when I can. I'll respond when I can. Yeah. But I just don't always have the spoons and I may never have the spoons and that yeah. doesn't mean you shouldn't reach out, but like, just know that like it may not happen and that's okay. Yeah. It's not, it's, you're not bad. It's no not personal, mad, but <laughs> there's no, there's no, like, I'm not sitting here judging you, but just like, yeah. sometimes I'm just like a human with a life. So speaking of being busy, uh, you're, you're more busy these yeah. days. What's going on? Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, aside from trying to find a permanent place in Berlin and learn German and, do this and make videos. I'm the interim executive director of the Coalition for Responsible Home Education, which is the org that I co-founded in 2013 with a bunch of other people. And Eve is on the board, and it's it's good to be back. It's nice. It's nice. To I'm do very stuff. happy that we have such a like wonderfully deep bench of people who've been involved and like stepped off to go deal with burnout and like but are still available and passionate about it and like like you can just like come back in in a moment of need and you know show up refreshed and it's so exciting to have you yeah the the timing is is really nice because I've been just sort of floundering and like not feeling grounded because it's very hard to ground yourself when you don't know where you're gonna like live and you're still trying to figure out how to get through groceries without feeling really super embarrassed. And it's like, okay, this is a thing that I can do and I know how to do. And just feeling competent about nice. something in the middle of culture shock is nice. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. I'm like, oh, there is something that I'm good at and that is important to me that I'm happy that I can like help with. And I know like how it works because I built it. Mm-hmm. So. I'm looking forward to mentoring whoever it is that ends up being the permanent ED and just showing them the ropes and being like, all right, here is, here is my, my lovely little child. Please be, please be good. Thank you. (laughs) It's going to be great. I'm so happy. This is such a good fit. I'm just, I'm really pleased. Yeah. And I'm also, so I'm finishing up teaching for the semester and I have accepted a job that will start full-time at the end of the semester doing development, outreach, and communication strategy stuff for Rising for Justice. It's a nonprofit here in D.C. Um, I'm not going to like put my, my name and theirs all over the internet together, but that is what I will be doing. And I'm really happy to have a like salaried position that I can leave at work. <laughs> And like, be really excited about and do good shit with. But yeah, that's so good. So I'm, I'm like onboarding a little bit right now, doing a couple hours a week is to like ramp up to that that full time thing. But wow, it's gonna feel really nice to like not 
be wondering if I'm going to be hired on semester after semester. <laughs> I'm so happy for you. I'm so glad you have like stability coming up. Yeah, it's it's good. It's really good. So eh, good things are happening and I'm Yay. really happy that we can share it now. <laughs> yes. Yes, me too. This was, I was very excited about sharing, sharing this news. Good shit. Anyway, uh, stay tuned for more group growth and Jimmy Thomas meets the Eagle Forum next time here on (laughs) Kitchen Table Cult. (laughs) (laughs) I can't promise to keep a straight face for that one either. No, no, there will no be. There will not be any straight Uh -uh. faces. There's only only no prepare only gay faces here. All right. (laughs) Yeah, great, your Lloyd. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to the Kitchen Table Cult podcast. Our music is from the track Janet by the Bend the Heavens on their album Stenazzo. Our producer is Dave the Great. Our podcast is made possible by Patreon donations from listeners like you. To support us and join our community on Slack, check out patreon.com slash kitchen table cult pod. Thanks for listening.